Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Ephesians 4, chapter 1. I have about 14 verses of scripture to read. If you'll stand, continue to stand while we read this. Ephesians 4. Chapter 4, verse 1, begins to read in the New Living Translation. It begins to read, Therefore I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Listen to this, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is over all, in all, living through all, however he has given each one. Someone say each one. Each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says when he ascended to heights, he led a a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that's why he said he ascended. Clearly it means that Christ also descended to our lowly, to our lowly world and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher to all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Their responsibilities is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will come till we all, this will continue till we all come to such a unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Somebody say full and complete standard of Christ. That's going to take a minute, y'all. Then we'll be no longer immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when the world, when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Father, will you speak? For if you don't speak, nothing will be said. Would you speak unto us, not to them? For we are all in this. Would you give grace for the preaching, the teaching of this word, and for the hearing of the word? But not just that. 
for the impartation and then the action upon the word that is spoken for if it is just heard and it is not acted on it is just blowing in the wind let us receive it and move upon it faith is the substance of things hoped for it is the evidence of things not seen speak unto us in Jesus name we pray amen 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 even as you're seated I want to just speak to us about gathered somebody say gathered gifted and grounded we are living in a world that has never seen such tribalism such division it is not just in the united states if you look all over the world you'll begin to see with brexit and france and in the world of asia and all over the world you are seeing people begin to fall into their various corners of the world and develop back into their old ways of being tribal. Somebody say tribal or division. And here's the thing. It is so easy to look at the world and say, this is what the world is doing and forget the fact that whatever is happening, whatever the spirit that is upon this world, someone say the world, is affecting whatever comes into the church. Whatever is going on in the world comes into the church. And if God is going to affect the world, he has to speak to the church. And so we find that in the beginning of Ephesians verses 1 through 3, I'm talking about chapters, they speak, it speaks of God's relationship or our position with God, our relationship with with him, how we're placed in spiritual places and heavenly places and how we are supposed, how we are positioned. But beginning in verse chapter four, he begins to talk about our relationship to each other. And so he recognizes that unless we get this thing together, this critical thing together, this relationship with one another, we've missed the boat. And you're wondering why our millennials and our children don't want to follow us to church is because they see us falling into tribal lines and they're saying, if it's not working for you, then why should it work for me? And we can take our time and get bombarded by weapons of mass distraction and point our finger at the White House or the schoolhouse or the jailhouse or whatever house you're trying to find and say that's the reason we're so divided and you'll forget that you're pointing all of those fingers over there and you forget the fingers that need to be pointed back here somebody say amen there's something going on that God wants to say to the church not just at new covenant not just at grace I mean all over the world if we don't hear this we're going to miss something very very critical He gathers us together. Do you notice that people don't come to church like they used to? And guess what? They're not even feeling guilty about it. Because church, as it is, and in most cases, has become irrelevant to so many people. It has become irrelevant because they cannot see the significance of your relationship to other people. All they see is us shouting and us coming together and us preaching. I'm not saying in every situation, but in too many situations that people are going to bedside Baptist. And then those of us who are gathered, we just find ourselves here.
in order to see what God is trying to say, if we could look at this whole, I read a lot of scripture. Can I just give you the picture? Anytime you want to get something done, if you say, can you just paint me a picture? I need to know what it is that you're looking for. What is the goal? If I don't have a goal, if I don't have a picture, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what I need because I need to have something I can see. Somebody say the picture. The picture we see is in one through verses one through uh, three. And it says, uh, basically, he says to walk worthy of our calling. Somebody say worthy. He didn't just say walk out your calling. He says walk worthy of your calling, worthy to walk out the calling, worthy of the calling to which you are called. And then he says, here's the picture. He says, always be humble. Someone say humble. Always be gentle. Someone say gentle. Be patient with each other. And this making allowances for each other's faults because of your love, not because of what you want to get out of them. Not you don't saddle up to people and you are okay to look over some people's issues because you want something from them. You're okay to look over some people's issues because you need something from them. You're okay to look through certain people's faults because you got to be there. No, not because of that, just because of your love. Somebody say the picture is problematic. The picture is problematic because I got to deal with people. And if it weren't for the people, Pastor D, Dr. D, if it wasn't for the people, then there wouldn't be any ministry. Somebody say the picture is problematic. But it doesn't negate the word that he gives to the church. It doesn't negate the word that he's giving to us now. Please hear me. This is not just a new covenant word. This is a word that goes beyond here. We need to deal with tribalism at home. We need to deal with tribalism in the church. We need to deal with tribalism in the body of Christ. It's all right in my little small group. But her, I don't fool with her. Him? I don't do them. <laughs> Let's have a uh, uh, hug time. I hug everybody <laughs> but them. <laughs> but the Bible says to make allowances for one another's fault. Somebody said the picture. The picture is the goal. This is what he's looking for. This is what we want. This is what he's saying. It's going to take us a while to get to the picture, but you at least need to have a blueprint for where you're going. And if you don't understand what he wants, then you have no idea to get to where he wants. You need a picture. And if the picture doesn't work for you, you need to get the picture right in your head because there is no other picture. This is the picture. So, so we got the picture. Then he gives us, somebody say the people. Oh, Lord. The picture is the goal. The people is the, are the gifted. Somebody say the gifted. You ever had a Christmas season where you knew what you wanted and it was under the tree and you went to the gift because it was the attractive gift or it was the thing that you were looking for. But I'm telling you, there are some gifts that have been remained under the, in the corner because the packaging. The gift was for me. 
but I couldn't get past the package. And what the scripture is telling me is that in order to get to the picture, I've got to go through the people. I got to go to the people. I got to make allowances for their faults. It's all right for me to want you to make, get through my faults. But I can't get through your fault. I'm still challenged in Bible study. They're still asking me, Pastor, how long I got to forgive them? How long I got to put up with them? And when we work down and when we get to the till we all, somebody said till we all. Somebody said till we all. Don't even go, don't take them to the 70 times 70. Because sometimes 70 times 7 is problematic because there's too many numbers. Just tell them till we all. All. Somebody said the picture. And then the people. The people. I can't get past the people. But let me tell you something about the people. Two things about the people, or a few things about the people. The first thing I want to tell you about the people is the people. First of all, God gives gifts to each person for other people. Somebody say this. God gives gifts to each person for other people. Gifts to each person for other people. How do you know that the gift I got is not for you? But if you can't get past my fault, my package, you are forever lacking because you won't get past the package that I'm packaged in. And half the time, you got to get through my fault first or faults. So I made it through the first fault. Them last three, I couldn't make it. Oh, stop tripping and acting like you ain't got none. Your children know you got them. Your good friends know you got them. They just love you past them. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. And if we can't show this in the church, what does it matter to those who don't even want to come to church if they can't even see us shooting for the picture? Loving the people. Back in the days they said, and see how they love one another. Let me tell you a few things about last last thing about the, the gifts, the gifted. There are gifts to each person for other people. Then there's gifts to the church for the church. That's the apostle, the, 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 the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Now, all of these people got gifts for you, but we pick and choose. We leave the gifts under the tree to next year or whenever. Or we re-gift it and give it to somebody else. Oh, you all get them. You get them. Y'all still with me? A few people that God places in our lives. A few people. And while you're at it, if you can find for me Acts 15, 15, 37. But I want to talk about a few people. Say a few people. 
these are a few people that we'll see. God places people in our lives for particular reasons, and I believe this is how I see it. He sends people to charm us. Somebody say the charm us. To chafe us. Somebody say to charm us. To chafe us. To challenge us. To champion us. And to change us. Let's deal with the first couple of them. We don't get all the way through this, but let's say that some people are just designed like Pastor D. They just draw you to them. I mean, you know, stop playing. Y'all know that you have this thing. And this thing is part of what God made you to be, and it draws people. It is a charm. It's not a bad charm. This, it's charming. Certain people got it. Some people ain't got it. Jesus had it. Samuel had it. The Bible said they grew in stature with God and with man. Are you still there? And some people he places in our life to chafe us. Somebody say chafe us. Chafe us. <laughs> you ever heard, you know what chafing is? <laughs> chafing is a bad pair of underwear. Was I too? Chafing gets on your nerve. Chafing, I can't stand them. Chafing, every, I can't, I don't even know why I don't. They chafe me when I first saw them, they chafe me. They just chafes me. So bad. But some people are placed in the body to chafe you. You keep running from the chafers, and they're not going to get to the good stuff that's on the inside of you because some of that stuff got to get burned off, sanded off. For the Bible lets us know that iron sharpens iron, and there's some people are placed in your life, and it's not, they're not designed to hurt you. They're just designed to chafe you. Somebody say, chafe you. Chafe me. You're like, I ain't having them. I'm good with the other people, but don't give me the chafers. There he was, Paul and Barnabas, having an argument about John Mark. It's Acts. Paul says, I ain't taking him, John Mark, with me. The reason I'm not taking John Mark is because when I needed him, he ran on me. I'm not taking him with me. Pastor, we going, but he can't come. Somebody say, John Mark chafed Paul. Mm-mm. But everybody needs a chafer, a challenger. The Bible says that Barnabas in the same text challenged Paul and said, no, he's going. No, you ain't the boss of me in this one. He going. The Bible told me that Paul also stood up in front of Peter and said, no, I, see, you were eating with all the rest of them, the folks who were non-Jews. Now you get here with your other folks and you're getting in your tribal mess. 
Everybody gets invited to your house, but them chafers. And you don't even call their name. Look at it in the scripture. He says, look at what Paul says. Paul says, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed. Somebody say the one. He didn't call his name. You know, you know, there's some people say, you know, that orange apparition and all of those kinds of things that people are. Y'all will get it later. All of these things that we refer to people say, but I'm not going to he who must not be named. When you really when somebody really got you chafed, you like you don't even call it, you know, them. You say them. Yeah, y'all ain't inviting them, are you? Which one of them? None of them. Barnabas says he's going. If he don't go, I'm going to take him with me. There's always a charmer. There are people who are designed to charm us. Some people are designed to chafe us. Some people are designed to challenge us. And we need people who will challenge us. If you don't have these people in your life, you're not going to be who God called you to be. I need somebody to call me on some stuff sometimes. You need somebody to call you on some stuff sometimes. Somebody needs to be able to tell you that's some crazy thinking. You're wrong. It might be your way, but it's a bad way. Hmm. And there's other people who are champion us. And so Barnabas was his champion. And ultimately, in 2 Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, Demas, he left me. He forsake me. He loved the things of the world. And um, this is 2 Timothy 4.10, and he says, For he loved the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica, and Crescens has gone to Galatia. Can't never get him. And Titus, he's gone to Dalmatia while I sent him. The only one that's with me is Luke. Bring Mark. I'd rather go on and eat my words now than have to wait till I'm old and half blind. Pray, Mark. Pray, Mark. He's good for the ministry. Don't throw people away. Somebody said the picture. The people. Yeah, the people. The last two things I want to say to you that there are, in order to get there, you can have the picture and the people, and you have what you need, but you also need somebody to say the process. <laughs> I was good to you talk about the process. How long? I didn't have to whoop my children that many times, but I remember with John Frederick, he would ask me the question, how many licks? He's saying, I just want to know before, daddy, how many licks? Because I'm like bent over, he's in the office and we've had some issue and teacher says something, not that many times. John Frederick got it. Michael, I didn't have to whoop there often, but John Frederick said, How many licks? 
Somebody say the process. And you know what we're asking the question? How many licks? How many licks it's going to take me to get the picture? How many licks it's going to take me to get the people? We don't have a whole lot of time to get this right. And then let me back it up. And then we got a lot of time. And here's the problem. A.R. Bernard said this, and I'll just parathetically say this, and, and just keep this in your pipe and smoke on this one. Listen, we used to live from, from, from 1900s, about 49 years. That was, a, that was the length of time that it took generally for a person to die. People died in young age, childbirth, um, having children, or children died. 2000, fast forward, people are living to almost 80 years old. We're having to be Christians for 60 years in a culture that is so divided, in a culture that has weapons of mass distraction, in a culture that has me to point my finger at this person to keep me worried about them for four or eight years when I should be looking at myself. Somebody said the process. See, this is the problem. We'll tend to lose heart. We'll tend to lose heart. People will grow weary in the process if they don't have a finished product in mind. Somebody say product. I need a process that's going to get me to an end game. I need to know what it's going to look like. And this whole scripture gives us what it's supposed to look like. If you're willing to go through the process. Continued actions forgiving one another, leaving that gift at the altar and going fixing it with your brother. Dealing with your brothers and sisters and talk to them and stop talking about them. If you can't fix this with yourself, you're going to have to fix it at some point. How many licks? How many licks it's going to take? We got the picture. We know we need the people. (laughs) We bother about the process, but if I can get a process that has the end game in mind. I need a product. What I'm going to be. And this is what he says. Someone say product. The product is the grounded. Somebody say grounded. See, he wants us grounded. He wants us stable. He wants us mature. He wants us to be able to have real truth. Somebody say stable. I'm told that a man who built his house on a rock, had the winds blow and blow and blow, and the house never fell. But another one built his house on the sand. And the sand is untruths. The sand is our own opinion. The sands are the things that the world is trying to give us. The sand is anything else but the rock of Jesus Christ and everything that he's saying about where we are today. The sand is being able to take the present word, the present word of what God is saying today to speak into the house today, speak into the world today. This is a prophetic word to you, and it's something that you need to go home and find out who is it I got issues with that I need to fix. Where, who, which people that I have in my mind that I can't get past there? Faults. 
their package. Let's get it right. There's more to do. But the world has to got to see the church getting this right. Real maturity. Real stability. The guy who built his house on the sand, the Bible says that the road, the winds blew and it blew the house down. How many times are you going to have to build that house back up? How many times you got to come back to the altar and say, I messed up. I didn't do it. I'm sorry. I, I was messy. I was stinky. I didn't forgive him for 10 years. Let that junk go. Let it go today. Let it go today. Let it go today. You got family you don't talk to. You got church folks you don't talk to. Let it go today. Oh, I'm sorry. I ain't had nothing to shout about today. I don't care where it is. If it's your leaders or the people that you're serving with, let that junk go today. Then we'll be no longer children. Immature. Children always got arguments. Children are always running after personalities. They're personality driven. Somebody can sing well and preach well and look well. Then you, oh, I like their gift. Paul says, aren't you still mature? You want Apollos, you want Peter, you want me, you want whatever flavor there is of the day. But I sent you all the flavors you need, but you don't, but you overlook them. And they're sitting right next to you. Real truth. Can your brother speak to you real truth? If you don't develop critical relationships with people, they can't speak real truth to you because you won't receive it. I don't need people in my life who can't be straight. I'm too old for you to flatter me and tell me I'm right when I'm wrong. We don't need a world. We need to be able to talk to people. We need to be able to speak to people. Let me tell you something. Even the world's faults. We got to find a way without saying that right is wrong and wrong is right and love every person despite of whatever issue they're going. Love them until they change. Love them until they change. We'll have millions of people in the next 25 years who are gay, lesbian, and transgender and all that kind of stuff. Don't make it right on the scriptures, but you still got to love them, and you got to love them close, as close as you can. If we don't do it, who will? You'll never do it if you won't love your brother through their fault. You'll never do it if you don't love your sister next to you, them, through their faults. I'm about done. Really am. Real truth. There was an old song. Y'all don't sing it here. (laughs) Ain't no music for it that you can play. But I learned it. They used to make fun of it and say Ray Charles. But I learned the words that said a charge to keep. 
I have. A God to glorify. A never dying soul to save and fit it. For the sky. To serve this present age. My calling to fulfill. Made all my power engaged to do my master's will. Master's we hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.